0: Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. a podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, I'm Fiona MacArthur, a network coordinator for Sheep Connect New South Wales. The Sheep Extension Network in New South Wales which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 2200 and our main aim is to help keep you and your sheep business up to date on information about all things sheep.
1: I'm Sky Manson. Now, usually it's Fiona Macarthur, the Sheep Connect New South Wales coordinator, speaking with you. But today, on its time for you, we're going to be doing things slightly differently, and we're flipping the mic, so to speak. On any normal week, it's me that's behind the scenes for Sheep Connect New South Wales, producing the podcast. But this week, I'll be asking the questions of Sheep Connect New South Wales manager Megan Rogers and coordinator Fiona Macarthur for our final episode for 2020, wrapping up the season and all things Sheep Connect New South Wales. So without further ado, welcome ladies. Hi Sky, thanks. Thanks. So Megan, I'll start with you, just to give everybody a little bit of a background about yourself. Uh, Whereabouts do you live and what do you do there?
2: Sky, I live not far from Forbes, so about 20k's out of uh, Forbes in Central New South Wales, on a mixed farm, a traditional sheep-wheat farm with my husband and two sons, two teenage sons, and we're merino and dryland crop producers. So it's just a traditional wheat/sheep type farm. So, you know, obviously we've got canola and other crops, barley as well. We've recently uh, finished our harvest. And I I run Sheep Connect New South Wales from my farm office and have been doing that since 2016. And previous to that, I worked for New South Wales DPI uh, for quite a number of years um, in a couple of different roles, but primarily in agricultural extension and advisory. That's been where my career has taken me. Um, I originally trained as an agronomist um, and then had a a, a fairly major uh, about-face in in my career um, about 14 years ago, I think think it is now, and yeah, started working in livestock advisory and and love it and yeah, haven't sort of, you know, had a, a bad day at work really since then.
1: And Fee, what about you? Where do you where do you hail from? Where do you live now? And what do you do there?
0: Um, oh, that's a good question, Skye. I've been a bit of a gypsy across my life. I grew up in Sydney, and then I, I actually moved up to the Northern Territory for a while until I ended up in the Northern Tablelands in New South Wales. So I live just north of Armidale now. It's a beautiful part of the world, though I don't like winter very much. I think it's a little bit cold, but The bonus of the cold winter is I'm a bit of a keen gardener, so I do love the four distinct seasons the New England gives you here. I've lived here now, oh, it must be nearly 20 years. I came to Armidale originally to go to uni. I went to the University of New England and I never have left. I found myself a husband and got married and we have two beautiful young children and I now live with my husband on his property. He's an owner operator of fine wool merino production and trade cattle. So we're kept pretty busy up this end. Work wise, I have been working with Megan at Sheep Connect. Oh, time flies. So it could be two, maybe three years now. After being at uni for most of my life, I left and I got a job working for Barbavax because my fun lies in parasites I think they're pretty exciting so I finished up there and just work with um ship connects New South Wales now
1: and how did that eventuate initially that you two crossed paths and became colleagues
2: I I always find in life that, you know people are drawn to similar types of people and and I mean I first met Fiona through Rob her husband, who was at the time chairperson of of our producer advisory panel, and so you know the way that that the uh, the network operates, and you know, and and I mean your your role with the network is a case in point. None of us, you know, are geographically very close by, but people with certain skill sets, and you know, um, you know, who are able to offer specific um, sort of their, their their skills to the network are just naturally drawn to you know to to myself I guess I'm I'm always looking out for people that are able to to offer a specific role within the network and and that's how I basically came to to have a chat with Fiona we really wanted to to have a presence in the New England as well to to um to get some some high levels of engagement in that area so. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of plenty of livestock up there. So, um, but and, you know, this year's shown us that it doesn't matter where you are. We're um, we're certainly able to um, continue carrying on our our role.
1: I love that, and and also the fact that yes, the network has been in existence for such a long time and been operating remotely. And I think so many people in agriculture have been doing so. And this crazy COVID year has Um, really made um, everybody, you know, other organisations realise the worth of that and um, almost, you know, a couple of steps ahead of everybody, which is wonderful. But it's not... All about work, and we will talk in detail about, um, you know, how Sheep Connect New South Wales came to be, and uh, about this crazy year. But, ladies, I, I'd love to know something interesting about each of you, and something that you do do outside of work that might be uh, unique or really personal to you. Megan?
2: Yeah. Well, we were talking just before we started a little bit about gardening, and yes, I'm this year. I have um, started a veggie gardening with a fair sort of um, degree of of intensity um, and really enjoyed that. I still get a thrill to go and pick something out of the veggie garden to cook for dinner. Um, And I I do like gardening. The drought certainly, um, we were talking about how hard it is to, to garden during the drought and that was no exception. But the isolation, Um, this year and, and, you know, us being a little bit um, forced um, to within the confines of our own existence, I guess, and on the farm, I guess we weren't really that isolated um, compared to normal. Um, And the other thing which I'd love and I I have a a vivid interest in um, but it's a passion of mine, which I don't get to do too much of is... um, yeah, many years ago I took myself off and qualified as a milliner. So that's just something that's I I, I don't make hats now and I I, I wish I did. I, I love looking at them. I love I love the manufacturing of them. I'm you know, I'm I'm not probably probably I was probably never destined to be very good at it because, you know, my creativity is sort of not really <laughs> the highest, but it's it's the manufacturing that I enjoy. I I like the building and the constructing of the hat. So yeah, that's just something that yeah, but it's 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 a passion of mine that that I don't get to to do anything with um in recent times I've been busy raising children and and yeah, and in 2013 started my own business.
1: I never knew that. That's that's so wonderful. So did you for a period of time make and sell hats?
2: I didn't sell them I made them for other people like family members and things like that and yeah I, I I did it as a as an interest you know I thought oh I'd really like to do that and yeah took myself off and qualified like I, that was back when when TAFE were doing a lot of manufacturing type courses as well so I was able to do it not far from from here at Forbes actually I studied over in parks and used to go over it. was a three year commitment. It was, yeah, it was great. And yeah, I've yeah. still still got some hats here. But yeah, so it's never certainly there was there were opportunities when I um, finished my my course to 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 do it in a in a more sort of large scale type fashion. But it's not something that, you know, the timing just wasn't right. I had very small children and just didn't work out at the time. But I love
1: a hat. What a wonderful creative outlet. I think no matter if you think you're creative or not, everybody everybody has an has an outlet like that, or everybody needs to have one. Um, Fiona, what about you? What are your interests? Um, your favorite interests outside of ag and sheep?
0: Oh, Nothing as exciting as Megan, I don't think. I <laughs> my problem, Sky, is I have far too many interests. I think I need to retire now. <laughs> So that I can do them (laughs) all because my kids and husband and everything get in the road of all my interests that, oh, if I had to narrow them down, well, we've we've touched on gardening and I absolutely love that. I have a very, very big veggie patch and a nut orchard and a fruit orchard and a large garden that's ever expanding. Whenever I run out of room, I just get my husband to move a fence. So he gets fairly frustrated from that point of view. Um, I absolutely following on from that love food. So I'm a bit of a foodie. I love cooking, love drinking wine that goes with the cooking too. And I'm quite crafty. I really enjoy furniture restoration and sewing and embroidery and patchwork and don't get much time for any of that. So. What I stick to at the moment is my horse riding. I absolutely adore horses and I love dressage and I do a, not this year, but in a normal year, a lot of um, competing with dressage and riding with my husband and kids. So that would be what I have time for at the moment because it allows me to spend time with my husband and children, whereas my other interests are really quite selfish interests, I suppose. Wow.
1: What can this woman not do that's uh that's (laughs) such an impressive list of things
2: (laughs) sorry Sky before we go
1: on I guess
2: I think it's only fitting that we um get you to talk a little bit about yourself and how you came to be on our team as well and what lights your fire as well because you do so much for us and um and make us you know sound good and you know, and ideally look good in in that sort of context. And you know, I think, I'm, certainly I've known you for many, many years through um, your previous um, career with ABC as a an, um, a rural reporter. And yeah, I'm, I'm certainly very fortunate. I feel very fortunate that you're part of our team. Uh, so tell us a little bit about you know what lights your fire.
1: Thanks, Megan. I, well, to to explain how it came to be, yes, I worked um, for the ABC, uh, for the Country Hour team as a rural reporter for 11 years. I studied at Charles Dirt University in Bathurst. I studied broadcast journalism and was taken uh, almost immediately uh, with the ABC. I missed out on a cadetship but um they I don't know there must have been a gap, and they put me in a bureau, which is a studio all by yourself in Esperance in Western Australia, which is um right down the southeastern corner, the most beautiful part of the world, anyway, I'd never been on air, and um there I was really plunged into the deep end and didn't have any contacts over there, knew no farmers. I was only relieving the story the other day that I um <laughs> I'd be calling up farmers at 6 p.m. at night saying, "Oh, would you have can you tell me are there are any stories, is there anything going on?" and um the rural report would be due to go to air at 6:30 a.m. the next morning and the farmers would say, "Oh, look, not really, but you know if you get stuck, I'll I'll help you out." And I would say, "Well, oh, I'm pretty stuck. I need your help. Just completely <laughs> desperate." So That was my baptism of fire. And then, yes, I worked all over Australia um, with the ABC, Bunbury. I presented the Country Hour for three years in Western Australia. Absolutely loved that. My um, partner at the time, now husband Damien, was over there with me as well and we decided to move back home. So I ended up working in Orange for five years. And, um, yes, we've We have three young, beautiful children, uh, Ollie, Percy and Florence. And um, my days with the ABC ended when we decided to buy a farm um, in central west New South Wales at Grenfell. Um, And since that time, and I think that was about the time maybe, Megan, where we crossed paths and um, we we met each other at, at a conference in you expressed that you're interested in in some help, and that was really right up uh, speaking to my skill set. And um, it's been wonderful to initially work for Sheep Connect, doing um, some writing and uh, social media, and now producing the podcast. And since leaving the ABC, that's been where my I've, I've decided to focus myself on on podcasting. I'm pretty passionate about. About it. I think it's the best medium. You can talk for as long as you like, and um, you don't have any constraints that I used to have for so many years with the radio in terms of time. You know, at the top of the clock, it was always news time. Um, so your conversation needed to end. So that's a bit about how it came to be and what I do outside of work i and and like you two ladies, I do all of my work from um, a, a little office on our farm. It's all remote work, I really love writing I, I I enjoy gardening too. I'm growing in confidence I'm not sure I'm any good at it, but I live very close to my mother so um, and she's an excellent gardener, so I'm learning lots from her i Used to have a small stationery business, drawing flowers, um, drawing very simple little garlands, and um, I I sort of started doing that after the birth of Ollie, our first child. So I, I love drawing, don't have any time for it, um, but and and love reading, and I also have a newsletter that I put out weekly, which is all about uh, online reads and. Um, Gorgeous things to find on Instagram and other podcasts that uh, usually Australian-produced podcasts. So, yeah, that's a bit about about me and what I do outside of work. Thanks, Megan.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Scott. I think I I keep thinking about you know how how fortunate I am to have people that are as passionate about what it is that they do, you know, and and I think that that's something that really adds to and, and I think it comes through um when we're bringing events or you know distributing information and and that kind of thing to our our um our membership and our network i think it comes through and you know i I just you know every day is a good day for me because you know i've got great people working with me and yeah it's fabulous
1: it's been a really big year for for sheep connect new south wales and with the onset of the podcast has just illustrated a different way of um, of delivering information, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more too. But I'm interested, Megan, what's the background of, of the network and how did it come to be and how does it fit with AWI, Australian Wool Innovation?
2: So Australian Wool Innovation invests you know some of some of their grower levies in grower extension, and they do that in various ways. And one of the ways that they do that is is with a state-based network in all of the wool-growing states. So we have sister networks in you know Queensland, Tasmania, Victoria, South Australia, and Western Australia. The Northern Territory doesn't have enough sheep to to have a, a network. Um, and basically. The, tra- traditionally, and, and I'm not the first manager of Sheep New South Wales. So, um, you know, previously, and back when I was with the Department of Ag or New South Wales DPI, the, um, the network was, was managed there, and, and I wasn't a manager um, of the network then. I my role was um, as a sheep and wool officer, you know, helping organise and distribute information and, and help. Help basically get some of you know research findings out onto farms, and and nothing has changed there. So our role is is sheep only, and we're basically you know our, our charter is to you know, give the the industry uh, sheep producers. Um, up-to-date best practice ground truth background researched information um that's applicable to their business at the time so we by nature of of the seasonality of of agriculture and and the diversity that exists in new south wales there's always a lot on the go um, we also have a um a few workshops that we deliver, that are um, AWI workshops that we uh, roll out as well. So it's, we we deal, well, we interact with our membership um, in various formats. So it can be face to face, and traditionally we've we've been uh, we've done a lot of face to face activities, um, but also uh, non face to face. So that might be via our social media, it might be via direct emails, our website. And in recent times, um, our regular podcast or or um, webinars.
1: And a big, big part of the network is the producer advisory panel, or or the PAP, as it's referred to. Um, Fee, could you explain a little bit about the role of that? Oh, sure, Sky.
0: Our our PAP or producer advisory panel. I suppose you'd call them our lifeline a little bit for us. We're we're so fortunate to have them. They're an amazing group of farmers that have been selected from right across the state. So they're spread out um, to give a really good representation of New South Wales as a whole. When we look for those PAP members, we're basically looking for somebody who's got, um, I suppose, their finger on the pulse of the industry in their area. And As Megan just said, our role is to deliver information to farmers that's um, timely and credible and delivering the information that's really relevant at the time is so important to both Megan and I to get that right. And to do that, we need to know exactly what's happening across the state. I mean, Megan lives in Forbes, I'm in the New England. So we get a snapshot of what's happening in our area, but we don't always know what's really happening on the ground across the rest of the state. And that's where the PAP comes into their own and they're just so important to us. So Megan and I catch up with the PAP regularly to talk about what's happening in their part of the state and we discuss things with them um, like how the season's progressing, what's going really well in their area and um, importantly as well what issues are being faced by farmers on the ground in their area and this really helps Megan and I to tailor our delivery to best meet the ever-changing needs of the farmers across New South Wales.
1: And how is the PAP chosen? How does it come to be?
0: Well, we we really, we advertise. So it's, it's an advertised position. So it's put out and um, people apply for it from across the state. And we also use our existing PAP members to help encourage other people that are in their a region to apply. So we help... Um, they advertise and we advertise through our network and we get quite a few people who apply for the PAP and yeah, we go through on location and on qualifications and what they can bring to the table. So we don't always have exactly the same people on the PAP personality-wise as well. I think it's really important that we stay as diverse and unique as possible with each of our PAP members so that we can really get a good snapshot of what's happening in the industry.
2: We've got um, uh, a former rural New South Wales Rural Woman of the Year, three Nuffield Scholars, um uh, we've got some uh, a breadth of, of age and experience as well um we're very it's it's very diverse every every area of our sheep region um are covered by a producer advisory panel and different sheep types so as well so grazing only mixed farming um yeah, the the length and breadth of of our industry is represented with our path
1: and I think across all of our podcast episodes, almost all of the current PAP have been uh, interviewed or featured in some way, shape or form. So if you're interested to hear more about their backgrounds and where they come from, you can scroll your way through the podcast episodes. Megan, it's been a huge year for everybody, but um, yes, for the network with the onset of COVID, how has it impacted how you usually do things?
2: It's been a, a really busy year, uh, despite the fact that our traditional means of, of interacting with our client clients and membership, if you like, and I guess one of the main priorities that, that and I, I should have mentioned this earlier, that the network has is to help people with practice change on farm. So, you know, our role is to, to help people, help deliver information to people, to assist with, you know, making practice change. And so, so our, the, the majority of our activities are conducted with that in mind. And, and obviously, farmers are participatory type learners, as we know, they like to be doing things. So that usually best takes place face to face. But of course, um, back in March, things took a, a bit of a turn for the for the worse in terms of our our ability to move freely all around the place, um, and I guess we had already established an online community, and that really allowed us to continue to effectively do what it is that we do. And so, so we went online very early and ramped up our our, our webinar series. So so we went from having webinars, you know, without a lot of regularity, but, you know, at key times when there were important, um, you know, issues that are arising and, you know, the, the ability of, of webinars, you can reach people in a wide, wide sort of area uh, geographically, um, all from, you know, and your, your presenter might be interstate, I might be here, and, and as is the case, Fiona. Um, in her farm office, so we don't have to get together to deliver that information and so it also allows us to utilize you know the best um, the best presenters you know experts etc in what we're doing. so we went online and that really has um, given us the opportunity to to continue to maintain our our um our interaction with our network. So our network is, um, you know, as the the most highly populated sheep state in in the country, you know, we we've we've really been able to to maintain that that contact with people. In recent times, we've had a few more face to face workshops as as restrictions have allowed. And I think as people's confidence grows, we'll return to a little bit more normal. Um, you know Sheep Connect activity going forward. I have to say and and Fiona would probably agree with me I think we've been busier than ever. Um, Certainly we Sheep Connect assisted MLA early um, earlier in this year with the 12 uh, webinar and podcasts for the Back to Business series which were impacted by COVID. That was a lot of um, drought and fire recovery so at for 12 weeks there we were running two webinars a week and associated podcasts and and you know all of the the activities that that go with that so there was probably a busier than usual period for us um, but certainly yeah it's, it's been a, a great year I think
1: would you say that the volume, that, that perhaps a silver lining has been that the volume of information you've been able to disperse has increased?
2: Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've certainly um, been able to cover off on a lot of information every week, like week in, week out. And, you know, for those who are a regular uh, listeners or, or attendees at our our webinars you know Fiona has been working really really hard for a long period of time like just delivering these these some um, fabulous webinars so you know they're on all manner of topics so you know we've we, we took the took our flagship AWI's flagship workshops online as well so we've delivered those as webinars to to ensure that people are getting access to that information and, and knowing that information's out there so, will, the
1: work, yeah. will the workshops be returning in a face-to-face manner?
2: Definitely. As soon as as soon as there's confidence building, certainly we're allowed to to operate. Um, AWI worked really hard to come up with some um, standard operating procedures that that allowed us to to work with. With our collaborative partners, so you know whether and and that at the moment that that's on farm. So we've been having a few workshops on farm, and that requires us to ensure that all of the catering meets COVID requirements, as well as the numbers and the social distancing and, and all of the the COVID safe type requirements are met. Um, and I think as as our community members um, confidence grows and and you know, things sort of start to to open up and hopefully the COVID situation uh, doesn't get out of control, I think, you know, that our workshops and our face to face events will continue as as they have um, and sort of back to some sort of new normal, I guess.
1: Yes. I think we're all looking forward to the new normal whenever that might be and who knows when that's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> V, you've been so deeply involved in the webinars, but also um, the the interviews for It's Time for You, which is the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. Um, how has this year been for you being impacted by COVID?
0: Oh, Sky. look, COVID certainly changed our network as it's changed life for everybody throughout the world. Um, Megan said it we have been busier than ever and there's no doubt about that and I think it's it really was a bit of a double, double whammy for our industry because I mean covid hit and that had its implications but it hit at a time that we were coming off um just such a severe years of drought and so farmers needed information from industry more than ever before to work out how they were going to get themselves out of an area they'd found themselves they hadn't been in before. So the need for the network was therefore stronger than it was had been. So I suppose as for me, as the year comes to an end, we we I guess we tend to look back and reflect a bit, don't we? And I think looking back COVID in so many ways has made the network so much stronger. Um I think we're just we've become a lot more efficient in the way we do things. And I think that's something that everybody can look at in life and COVID has taught us to be more efficient in what we do. Um, It's certainly been a steep learning curve. There's no doubt about that. And that's been very personally, I found that very rewarding, which has been great. Um, Megan and I laugh often between us on how much we've grown when it comes to using technology. She gets a lot of amusement out of me. I, like most um, people, I suppose, I tend to steer away from IT. My friends tell me that I joined Facebook kicking and screaming, I'm not at all like you, Sky. And it's been really quite amazing to look back on how we've adapted our delivery And I feel we did that very quickly, maybe because I'm slightly more terrified of technology than most people, but we really seem to adapt very quickly. And we got, we're already online, but we got our webinars up and the Q&A and of course the podcast. So yeah, it's been really, really busy, but very challenging and a very rewarding time. And I think, although it's been a negative year for so many people, I think that there has been a lot of positive things to come out of it, especially for
1: the network. What's been one of the year's highlights for you?
0: Ooh, that's going to be a hard one because there's been so many. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd have to say, I think I'll go with the podcast. Sky, if you had have told me at the beginning of the year that I'd be recording a podcast each week, I definitely wouldn't have believed you. I would have <laughs> said that was something you'd be doing. So, yeah, and I'd have to choose the podcast because it's been so out of my comfort zone, and I've found it really rewarding to um, learn so many new skills from it, and I think, I hope anyway, that my confidence with my interviewing is definitely growing, and I've listened to my earlier podcasts recently and cringed a little (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure it all sounded but I I hope everyone forgives me I suppose you've got to start somewhere and COVID certainly threw us in the deep end so it was sink or swim but I think I dog paddled for a fair while there but it's been a really wonderful journey so yeah I'm going to go with the podcasting
1: I think that's certainly only in the eyes of the beholder. It's very challenging for anyone to listen to their own voice. Even for me, I think, <laughs> oh, gosh. And who would have known, Fee, that you were a bit technically inept and that you'd never even, like, ventured into the world of podcasts. You've absolutely taken to it like a duck to water. So, um, and the consistency has been commendable. It's, yeah, it's... It's an excellent resource for for the network and for sheep producers all over Australia. I'm interested to know which podcast did you enjoy recording the most?
0: Oh, gee, you've got hard questions, Sky. Um, it, oh, it's been such look. It's been such a privilege to interview so many amazing people from across our industry, and I think Megan sort of. Put that in the spotlight before with COVID with our webinars going so online and being put into our home offices with no travel we we thought outside the box and everybody got used to accessing different people and it meant that we could access some truly remarkable people and they definitely made my job easier because they're all such professionals but Oh, if you have going to make me choose one, I think I'm going to have to go with my interview last week that I did with the Nuffield Farming Organisation. It was a little um, a little bit different to our other interviews, so I hope you all really enjoy it. We did it coming into summer just for a bit of um something a bit new for you all. And it was such a wonderful experience to interview a group of really energetic, passionate farmers and hear about their Nuffield journeys because the Nuffield journey, and my husband did a Nuffield, so it's rather close to my heart. It's such a unique, wonderful opportunity. And the people that are involved in the organisation are really rather extraordinary. So I had an awful lot of fun interviewing them all and I apologise because I think that probably created a lot of editing for you because we, we really did enjoy ourselves.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed that podcast as well and it certainly sold me on the Nuffield scholarship front. So if anyone's considering it, it's just a really good insight into the long-term benefits of being involved in such a program. Megan, what are your highlights for this year? I guess Sky, similar to what Fiona's
2: covered, is you know the highlights for me was was our ability to to continue um, interacting with our membership and our network, and and that is you know sometimes and I guess you know for those who who are regular um, webinar attendees, we like to do those little polls so that we know that people are out there and can interact with us, and so. So, going completely online is a little bit of a risk, you know, like you, like I feel that it's risky because you don't really, you don't have that face-to-face, you know, facial expressions that you see in, in a crowd or if you think the crowd are a little bit tired or, or whatever, you, you don't have that. So, I guess for me, one of the highlights has been the amount of interaction that we've been able to have in both, like in two-way interaction with our membership and our our um, attendees, and I mean, I guess as an as an a network team, so the you know the the people that we've got working in our team, and and I might also um, have a shout out to James, who's who's um in Bendigo, who works in our team as well. Everybody's been able to to do their their role and just. Sort of pivot and i know that's a bit of a catch like a bit of a fun phrase mm-hmm. to use this year because everybody's had to do a little bit of that but we've been able to do that in a in a pretty timely sort of fashion and you know and from that you know just this week we clocked up 10,000 listens on our podcasts and i know for some of the the bigger um you know more widely known podcasts that's not a a, a huge number but for us with a small network um of of agricultural um, you know, membership. That's a that's a great milestone for us, and, and we're certainly celebrating that. We've also got a thousand more people in our in our network, and and during during the course of of this this sort of pandemic period, we've we've been able to to connect with you know via our our webinars over 4,000 people and that's not including the back to business series. So I guess the highlight for me has been the ability of of our team to continue doing what it is that we're here to do even though, you know, we've had to sort of create our own new normal and and that's really, really sort of been a, a great thing for us to all be involved in it and, and I got I know it keeps keeps me very fresh and and very motivated and you know and to a point where you know we've we know that we've now got a an interstate um you know connection uh with with plenty of people joining us on our webinars from from outside New South Wales and 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 that's um that's something that you know I mean we're we've um been really surprised and and really happy to have have our interstate attendees join us so we know that that um yeah doing things online now is is so much of a new normal the working from home part was just all pretty normal for us but yeah look that's really been a, a big highlight for us was the production of the podcast and just that the expansion of our network we're, we're interacting with more people and the feedback that we get from people we read that after our webinars and, and take on board what people are finding in, interesting and, and where people would like to see us doing other, um, you know, different topics, et cetera. So I guess that's something that I've really, really sort of valued this year.
1: And a question that I suppose is to both of you on on that, Megan, how do you choose the topics of your webinars and what you speak about on the podcast?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question and I guess it goes a little bit back to our producer advisory panel. So we talk to them with a degree of regularity. We like to have at least one face-to-face meeting per year and we like to ask the producers, you know, what's going on in their areas, what's going on with their own businesses and in their districts, and we, we've... You know, that's where we sort of get our our larger plans and what our strategic direction for the year is. And from that, we can sort of start to map out what it is that we're doing. But we we also give our our webinar attendees the opportunity to, at the end of every one of our webinars, you know, are there any topics you'd like like us to cover? And so we have a look through those and, and quite often there's a bit of a pattern and, you know, we can't always get the speaker to you know the speakers that we need so some of our topics are still on the list and I'll apologize to anybody who's submitted something that hasn't yet been covered but we we do genuinely you know seek to to have somebody speak about um you know topics that do um come through as a suggestion but yeah we're certainly there's there's plenty of ways of, of communicating with us but it's yeah very much we uh, rely on on some two way communication, whether it be through the producer advisory panel interacting in their districts or direct from our our attendees. And I guess just one thing I I wanted to add about the producer advisory panel is the the winning with wieners workshop. It was you know the idea was was born in a shit Connect New South Wales producer advisory panel meeting. I can remember the day quite vividly it was it was a couple a few years ago now and um yeah it was a bit of a light bulb moment uh, for the network and and you know we're here in new south wales piloted that program and, and invested in the content and then awi uh fortunately came came became a lot more involved in that process because obviously the the workshops um got a um, you know, an audience that's that's not just New South Wales. So uh, that's how, that's directly where that, that came from. And the, the Ramping Up Repro was a similar sort of story, although not necessarily from the producer advisory panel, but yeah, it, it sort of was piloted here in New South Wales as well. So, you know, I, I'd like to think that that our community and the that we're quite approachable and, and there's plenty of ways of, of interacting with us and, and giving us,
1: um, some feedback. yes, I'd have to say, not being on the pat myself, but having been privy to um, some of your annual meetings, it's so impressive to see the ideas that are thrown around the room and the needs that are discussed and our uh, future workshops and um yeah, and, and things that are being floated. So, uh, yeah, I'll just back that up to say that they, um, new things are being thought about and considered all the time as um, how the network can best address the needs of producers everywhere. Fee, I know you also would have a lot to do with what kind of webinar topics and podcast topics um, should be spoken about. Where do the ideas come from?
0: I'd have to say it can sometimes be a challenge I think moving online the speed I touched on that before that I think we've improved our efficiency but that's because the speed of getting information and topics out there just seems to move at a lightning rate at the moment so Megan and I um, I think to keep up pace this year it has been a juggle at times we brainstorm an awful lot over the phone and We sometimes feel like we've got a whole next month ready to go and all the topics lined up and then I don't know that month just disappears like that and we suddenly need a whole another group of topics but (laughs) yeah we really couldn't have done it without the pap as Megan said and also We're really lucky, we're backed by some wonderful people at AWI. We have Henry Ridge there and Emily King and Murray's coming and they're they're our go-to as well if we get stuck and we have sent out more than one SOS this year when we've had a bit of topic fatigue and it's great because they bring fresh ideas to the table and I think that goes with anything you do in life. If you look at it for too long you get bogged down and you just need someone else to come in and have a look at what you've done and have another look at what's out there so we're lucky that we have such a great group of people backing up our
2: network yeah we're definitely very Uh, well supported
1: are you ever interested in suggestions that come from the general public oh they've saved me on more than one occasion
0: (laughs) 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 has been great because yeah I won't lie we've we've put together a list of topics uh, that we have done this year and it was really, it was rather rewarding to look back on it. It was quite extraordinary what the range of topics we've delivered, but as a result, sometimes it does feel like I was running out of topics. So yeah, especially as Megan said, people giving us feedback from webinars, I've been able to pluck some really good webinar topics out of the feedback that we get from people. So it's fantastic.
1: It's very interesting to hear the behind the scenes, even for me, because as an editor and someone who listens regularly, I think, gosh, it's so spot on. It's so timely because, of course, with, you know, the seasons, there are a whole raft of new challenges and new issues that come up. So I think you've um, you've done a a very good job. Um, What's happening with the podcast over Christmas and the new year? Well, we are going to have a
0: break, Sky. (laughs) I'm really ready for the festive season this year, I think, after the year we've all had. But I'm pretty sure everybody is. But we're not going to disappear completely. So we're going to sign off from you now. But we will be back over the summer and for our summer series of podcasts. And we're going to have a bit of a mix of new content and also some old content that was really, really popular and is really, really timely that will be interesting to listen to over the holiday season. But I already have a list of things for next year that are starting to happen and I have a webinar booked in for the beginning of February, which will be exciting. So we will be back next
1: year. And, Megan, before I we all sign off, I, I should ask you, are there, is there anything exciting coming up for the network sheep connect uh, in 2021. Sky there's I guess you know as
2: as we sort of sign off from 2020 there's there's always that optimism of you know what we've got happening next year. Certainly we've we won't be doing things a hell of a lot differently but we're always looking for ways that we can better do what it is that we do. So um, I'm going to be introducing a monthly newsletter uh, which will have um, a lot of technical information in it as well as links to other important you know timely um, sources of information. Um, I'm hoping that we might be able to have some guest uh, writers um, involved in that as well. Uh, We'll also be looking to, to you know, do our, our usual uh, workshops, webinars and podcasts. Um, so yeah, look, I think think we can safely say that if everything's going ahead as, you know, as we hope it will and, and with the pandemic um, a little bit um, less restrictive in what we're doing, that, that we will return to, you know, a new normal. Uh, but yeah, look, we're We're signing off this year with a whole lot of enthusiasm for for what next year is going to bring us.
1: Well, I think we're all looking forward to it. I think what Fee said is exactly right. Everybody is also looking forward to a lovely break over over Christmas um, and then getting back into 2021 with um, a fresh... Uh, take on things so it's been so enjoyable to to talk with you both and to learn a bit more about how things come together and also about yourselves. so thank you Megan and thank you Fee. Thanks Sky Merry Christmas everyone.
2: Thanks Sky, thanks Fiona and yeah best wishes to everybody for Christmas and a fabulous 2021 and thanks for all of your efforts. We
0: hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time For You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. We'd appreciate it if you could share our podcast within your networks. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the AWI podcast, The Yarn. We'd love you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. Join our network by visiting www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au find us at sheep connect new south wales on facebook and twitter we look forward to seeing you at our workshops and events later in the year thanks again for joining us today bye for now